0: Good day, ladies and gentlemen, listeners and friends. I'm glad to have you on here today because we get to talk with Catherine Hill. How are you doing today, Catherine?
1: I'm doing well today, and thank you, Jenica.
0: Good deal. Hopefully it's a beautiful day there like it is here. Now, Catherine Hill, it says, is the president and CEO of Petronas Petroleum. Um, But that's that's, uh, such a small portion of the story. You do quite a lot. You do quite a lot. Would you like to tell everyone about uh, what it is that you do?
1: Okay, well, we'll start kind of at the beginning. <laughs> best I grew place. Up in a <laughs> best place to start at the beginning. Yes. I grew up in an oil and gas family. My father was John Hill, and he started out as a roughneck and grew Esperanza Energy into a rather large independent. And... My mother was a large part of that. Um, they were they were very social and just wonderful people. I grew up kind of at his tutelage, you would say, um, coloring logs and flying back and forth looking for oil wells because that back in the day, that's how they spotted oil trends. Interesting. Um, from there, I didn't start my company until after I had been in New York, I modeled up there for for quite a while oh, and very nice. It was fun. Um, yeah, I've had just really a great, great life and I am very blessed. Grew up on ranches for the most part. Um, and then when dad was passing, I moved back to Dallas and I decided that I'd start my own old company because I was Young and naive, and thought that just anybody could go out and start an oil company. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Big dreams, big dreams.
1: It was it, big dreams, most of which really did come true. That's um, so
0: awesome.
1: I was very, very blessed. Um, I was taken under the wing of Duke Redman, who at the time was a friend of my father and a big wildcatter, and he kind of gave me access to his office and. I started looking at deals, and I looked after deal, after deal, after deal, and I learned as I went. I learned to be quiet, (laughs) listen a lot, and I would literally, sometimes in meetings, just hold up my hand (laughs) (laughs) if I didn't know what they were talking about. First deal I ever did was the Valentine deal in LaFrouche Parish, Louisiana. That was seven wells that had been shut in. And Duke's attorneys got the whole thing untangled because it was kind of back in the day when when we had a few people <laughs> in the industry that didn't always do things exactly right. Yeah. Um, so we got that out of the lawsuit and turned that on. And that was kind of my foundation for starting in oil and gas.
0: It's a really good hands-on experience to start out with. That's That's got to be so helpful.
1: It really is. And... Being a woman in oil and gas back then, having having come off being a model, you know, five nine, blue eyed, blonde haired, young, <laughs> a right. lot of blonde jokes. I can tell you for sure, <laughs> <laughs> being taken seriously wasn't always the easiest thing. Um, and we got past that. So, I went from there to pretty much learning a lot of the different aspects of the oil industry, because there are so many. I mean, you can do lease banks, you can do brokerage, you can do aggregation. I did a little bit of all of it. And I settled on minerals because I like minerals the best. My company still buys, in fact, we're in the middle of closing a relatively large Scurry County deal, which is in the Sack Rock. And um, that's what we do.
0: So you you buy do you, do your company mines for the minerals on other people's land? Like they, they, you find it and then mine it and then pay them for a portion of it? Or how does, how does this work?
1: No, minerals are a whole different cat than drilling. When you have your minerals, some people won't ever sell their minerals. Sometimes I can convince people to sell half of their minerals. But in due course, people will eventually sell them. You don't mine for them. They're there under the ground, and they are attached to the well that is drilled. And so, you don't have when you're buying and selling royalties, or if you own royalties, you don't have the drilling expense.
0: Okay. So you because
1: just... you're not you're not part of the well. You're part of the lease. Okay. And so you get paid without any of the AFEs, which is authorization for expenditure. And I just, I prefer it. You don't have the liabilities. I do still get involved in some non-op working interests and have partners that, you know, will, if somebody comes and says, okay, I've got this many minerals, but you have to buy the working interest that goes with it as well. So what you do is you go ahead and do it, and then you spin off the working interest side of it, or at least that's what I do. So that way you aren't faced with, you know the drilling liabilities being a mineral owner, you want to be behind the good operators and that's that's kind of how it works
0: interesting okay so i guess i hadn't even i didn't even realize that this part of the industry i mean even i guess existed you know um so this that's this kind of all brand new
1: well you're not the only one (laughs) it's um the mineral industry, just like the oil and gas industry, has, has changed vastly over the years. It used to be all families and nobody sold their minerals and they held on to them no matter what. And then, as we all know, this is a boom and bust industry and a boom and bust economy. And as it became necessary, they some people sell off, endowments sell off every now and then. And that's that's what we look for.
0: Huh. And so then what, what do we do with the minerals?
1: We get a check in the mail. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we call it
1: mailbox money. Well,
0: that's, that's not such a bad trade then.
1: <laughs> it's, really, it's really not because there's, you know, other than having to pay your taxes and, you know, keep up with decline curves. You don't want to keep minerals that are declining badly. So you, just like anything else, you know this is losing value so i'll go ahead and sell it and then go buy a mineral someplace else where where it's trending
0: so what, what would actually be the top mineral in the industry right now what's the most sought after
1: oh definitely permian basin
0: yeah Wh- why is that yeah,
1: because there's so much drilling up there and it's profitable and you've got the best operators up there and so that's I, I'm not working in the Permian per- currently because it's um, it's very crowded. Yeah, <laughs> It's a very very crowded space. I like to, area. Yeah, um, I like to look in in other places where not where it's not quite so crowded.
0: That's fair. Yeah, no that that's fair. Oversaturation can be a very difficult thing to maneuver around for everybody. Actually, that's that ends up cramped into the space trying to trying to do stuff. So I can definitely understand that. So what are some of the obstacles that you find yourself facing? I mean, was this was this part of the industry uh really as was it as affected as the rest of the oil and gas and the energy energy industries uh throughout this last year or um how what has what has changed, I guess? What the, pr- the pricing has gone up and down. I expect the pricing to um I think
1: we're we're coming to a point where we're gonna stabilize out. That's you know <laughs> that's what oh, my heartily. crystal ball says. Oh, yes. According <laughs> like to my crystal ball, we're hoping you know just stable and stay in the fifty sixty dollar range. And yeah, yeah, everybody can still make money between the fifty and seventy dollar range, and it doesn't hurt the common the common good as far as gas prices. I mean, most people don't even know the gas comes from oil. <laughs> right. Right. And uh, and all the other products. I mean, when you take a barrel of oil and break it down, only half of that barrel goes to gasoline. The rest of it goes to petrochemical and, you know, pharmaceutical. they there. The list is vast of what that other half of oil goes to.
0: Oh, right. There's, um, there's so much that I found that I was actually astonished at the number of things that are made out of petroleum based products. I mean, our medical industry would be absolutely crippled without it at this point. I mean, just even looking at the, the, the pill casings and A&D ointment, right? Uh, Vaseline, so much. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. It's, um, we are, we are much needed and, um, necessary. There's, I assume you found me on LinkedIn. So, um,
0: I was actually recommended to contact you by Jason. But, yes, I was able to find your LinkedIn profile is where I was and able to find you. Yep.
1: And, and now that you have, I'm going to go back and freshen it up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that way other people and, can find you.
1: Right. And there's there's a word that some of the younger ones call me that I have mentored along the way. <laughs> and they call me a luddite. And a luddite is a person that refuses to keep up with technology. <laughs> I,
0: you know, I've never heard that word. And um, like I like
1: it's, it. It's, it's something that I need to get over.
0: Yeah, it's difficult. I, I, I've decided that since I can't just get away from using technology in general, that I will pick and choose the trends. So I'm up on Facebook and Instagram for my, my business, you know, but I refuse. I refuse to join TikTok. I don't know if this will be a good I, thing or a bad thing, but.
1: I won't join it either, so yeah. we're on the
0: same page. Right. LinkedIn, I'm I'm cool with, but um, I think I I'll just too. stick with that. I don't, you know. <laughs>
1: that, that, that's kind of where I am. Is LinkedIn is is where I get most of my information now. I um, I live in the country, and I don't even have a TV.
0: Oh, yeah. That's actually, you know, more common than I had expected in rural areas, especially. But uh, I bet it's quite a bit more drama free than a lot of people are living right now <laughs> with TVs it, it everywhere. Is.
1: It is. If is. Uh, you're probably too young to really remember
0: 9-11. Oh, um, no, I, I remember. I remember that day perfectly. I was I was in middle school. I was pretty young yet. But
1: yeah, people people tend to really remember that one. And I had a friend who's no longer with us. He was a psychiatrist, a great buddy, really fun. Um, And he warned very strongly everyone that he could talk to. He said, stop watching it. Do not watch it. Don't watch those towers fall over and over and over again. And because it did create so much trauma. And I think with all the politics and negativity that we're having right now, it's kind of the same thing. People are so caught up in it. It's like, okay, it's going to get better. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right. I actually choose not to watch TV. I stick to movies and shows that I I know and like already because I can't handle I can't handle seeing the, the 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 drama replayed every day. I I like being informed, but it it is it's traumatic and then it causes tension all over the place. It does.
1: And I I totally agree with you on that. It's um it's just it's a time to go outside and plant your garden.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. For sure. <laughs> For dig, sure. dig in
1: the dirt enjoy it um i think some people have struggled with being you know at home a lot of people have gotten to know their kids
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
1: mostly that's a good thing <laughs>
0: right right uh, everybody uh, does need a break though so it's always good to have some good healthy hobbies that you know especially when you can get something real fruitful from it so starting a garden that's one of my favorites I'm working on that this year. That's
1: wonderful. And speaking of hobbies, one of my hobbies was one of the, one of my entries into the social aspect of oil and gas was that I shoot. Oh. And I shoot sporting from clays and I'm pretty good at it.
0: That (laughs) is really cool.
1: And it was the one thing where I felt like, you know, I could go out and shoot with the men and it was a great place to form rapport. And, for any young woman coming into this industry, I would say, you know, go join Desk and Derek's. It's one of the oldest and most well-respected. If you really want to learn the industry, those yeah. girls know so much. Oh, my God. They're wonderful.
0: <laughs> so what was hey, that called now?
1: It's called Desk and Derricks.
0: Desk and Derek's.
1: It was... Um, formed to educate the women who worked in oil and gas offices about the industry itself and they are they put on clay shoots that's why I segued over there um, I was a member for a very long time and they take all the office staff out on field trips and take them on derricks and show them how it all works and all the working parts and oh,
0: that is cool <laughs>
1: It is so cool, and I've never been to a desk, desk and direct meeting that I didn't, you know, meet somebody who was a secretary to somebody that I knew or <laughs> have met along the way, and they're they're just, you know, and it's not just secretaries. It's, you know, oil and gas people, and it's just it's a tremendous amount of fun. There are a lot of associations out there, Adam and, and others that... I used to belong to, and since COVID, that's kind of dropped away.
0: <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Unfortunately, yeah, it seems like a lot of social experiences have kind of been put on pause for the time being. Um, I'm lucky enough to live in South Dakota, so I wasn't nearly as impacted as a lot of other places and people.
1: Well, I'm getting ready to do a deal in North Dakota. So. <laughs> oh, very
0: nice. Very nice. <laughs> there's,
1: there's quite a bit of activity up, up there at the moment, so... It's it's all good. It's a good life. Everybody be happy.
0: Oh yeah, especially Aren't... on
1: this good Friday.
0: Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my goodness, and it's such a beautiful day here. I like I said I hope it's as beautiful there as it is here cuz it is just gorgeous today. It is.
1: It's magnificent here. The wildflowers are starting to bloom and it's just we don't have spring for long in Texas, but when we do, it is magnificent.
0: I almost moved to Texas. I, I do love it there. I, I have a, a special appreciation for the Black Hills, though, where I do live. So I figure that just means I get to go visit Texas every now and again. Yes,
1: Please. and you should. It's a good place.
0: Oh, definitely. Good people. So not to kind of go ring back around to... Uh, where we just were a little bit ago in the conversation but I had um, a question pop into my head because it's kind of a unique well a unique set of skills to be also able to go clay shooting and you'd mentioned that it was difficult being taken seriously as a female in the energy industry initially was it kind of the same with uh, with shooting or was, was there a lot more initial ease of acceptance do you think because that's kind of a male dominated sport a- <laughs> apprehension I guess I don't know
1: not with a the- shooting for me particularly because I already knew how to shoot and it's um it's a great sport it's a great sport for men and women um I didn't have any trouble getting into the shooting side of it just I had some some really good experience from growing up on ranches so I already knew how right and that's <laughs> and, helpful for sure and when <laughs> I used to tell some of the guys i say you yeah, know yeah, we're standing here. I got a gun, you got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> what you wanna talk about? <laughs> right. So it's um no, the um the sporting clay, it's it's definitely it has pretty much always been open to men and women, or at least my experience of it has been.
0: So it's so- I, so and, and maybe that's just my own head because i've never been involved in shooting clay i i grew up my dad and you know my grandpa and i i know how to shoot and i was in our, our JROTC. so then they they you know taught us how to shoot pellet guns in that course then too so i had a couple different experiences but i never got into the clay shooting and maybe it's just my imagination so it, it doesn't seem to be a male-dominated sport then huh uh,
1: yeah I, I, i'll have to i'll have to retract that it really is male-dominated
0: but it's oh but there's, but there's no bias, like I guess is what you're saying. Like you never really felt any kind of a difference for being female in that sport. No,
1: I really, I, I never did. It's um, and it's 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 kind of like the oil business in that you know people will watch you long enough, and if you keep showing up and you keep doing well, right, <laughs> they will eventually take you seriously.
0: Right, persistence, motivation, persistence. and consistency.
1: <laughs> I think as as my blonde hair starts to turn gray, I've learned. <laughs> Patience, persistency, all those things that that people tell you when you're young and you look at them and go, huh. I don't need any of those things (laughs)
0: Right. No. turns out turns out it's very very helpful well that's interesting that is very interesting I thank you I kind of doesn't really have anything to do with energy but I thought I would ask because it was I don't know it it intrigues me in any case I started out doing music actually and then I was on the radio and then I got an invitation from Jason to conduct these conversations with uh, wonderful people like yourself within the oil and gas industry And so previous to that, my personal knowledge of the oil and gas industry is basically limited to all of the conversations that I get to hear, you know, from my my husband and my brother-in-law who worked in the industry for many years. And my brother-in-law still does. But, you know, that makes me still pretty uh, new to the whole thing. But I know that as a female in the music industry, its it was interesting trying to be taken serious as a female. Generally, people assume that my husband handles all of the business, right? And so I can only imagine how much more difficult it could have been for you in the energy industry trying to start out. Well, I can tell you how much it's changed. The very
1: first night that I ever attended, I think it was the second one they ever had. I believe it was, in, it was about 30 years ago. And I remember walking into that room and i'm pretty sure i was the only woman and there were all there were a couple of hundred maybe a thousand and that's really pushing it people in the room and for the first time ever all of the logs and the maps and everything were up on the walls and i was just shocked because you know we had all kept our information so tight we didn't share <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that ought to be weird
1: and that was pretty weird and then I guess it's been five years since I've been to Nape. And there are several. They moved it from the gallery in Houston over to George R. Bush. And there are thousands of people. And it even has its own area um, called Women in Energy. And they do their own events only you know, for women. They're in all levels of the industry. I mean, you wouldn't back in the day have seen a woman roughneck. It was considered bad luck. In the 50s, 60s, and early 70s, for a woman to even set foot on a rig,
0: like a like a woman on a ship for for a sailor like, or a pirate,
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Interesting. All right.
1: And so now the industry has truly opened and embraced. And I remember standing there looking at that huge sign that said "Women in the Oil Industry," and it was just it was a it was a beautiful experience. Sounds I'm, like it. Glad that I've gotten to be a part of it.
0: So are, is there any advice that you would have for a female who's going to, you know, thinking of starting out in the industry today?
1: Um, go join Desk and Garrett's.
0: Right. Get,
1: get your education. Um, find what part fascinates you and thrills you because you have to love what you do. And, you know, dress moderately. Right. <laughs> especially dress moderately that's important that's about that's about it
0: that's pretty sound advice, a good education. And and of course, we already covered that the keys are, you know, persistence and consistency. And it sounds, sounds like we pretty pretty well covered those bases. I don't know. I, I pulled up the website for the uh, Dusk and Derricks Association. So I will be including that in the show notes from this conversation. Definitely look like a pretty neat website, though. I love, I love the way they have it set up already. Definitely haven't, you know, gotten to take a look at it yet, really. But what I see looks pretty nice. So anyone listening will be able to find it and take a look for themselves and then is there is there any other way besides linkedin that you would like for people to get a hold of you or is that pretty much the go-to spot do you think that's pretty much
1: the go-to spot or at some point on my linkedin i'll put up a new web page and they can find me there (laughs) or they're welcome to call me at the number that you have which is 512-755-5874
0: Very nice. Always
1: looking for minerals.
0: Oh, absolutely. And when you get that new webpage put up, you should let me know, and then I can add add it to the show notes and let everybody know that there's a new spot to find some information, too. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you, and be well you as well. Have a great day. All right, my friends, that was Catherine Hill, and you can find her up on LinkedIn, the president and CEO of Petronas Petrolia. Make sure to look in the show notes for the links. And of course, if you enjoyed this content, be sure to find out the rest of what is in store on thecrudelife.com.